I'm Ricardo Fuller and you're listening to the Wizard of Driven podcast. Say it, don't spray it. Welcome to the Wizards of Dribble podcast. Chris Brammer is joining me. Good evening, David. How are you? I am... I've been better, to be honest. (laughs) I'm I'm keeping on. Uh, Mostly my frustrations have boiled down to Stoke City and my cracked iPhone screen, uh, both of which occurred this weekend. But... um, uh, at least I know one day I will be able to fix my I- iPhone screen. <laughs> but, uh, uh, there we go. And Ben Cartwright makes a glorious return to the podcast. Good evening. I'm like Peter Crouch. I just keep on coming back and scoring. <laughs> You're like Saido Berahino. You keep coming back. <laughs> yeah, be- better comparison. Right, shall we start with the Wizards of Dribble, home-cooked, free-range, organic, three-word reviews. And what I've done this week is I've sort of placed them on a scale from most negative to most positive. So hopefully by the end of the three-word reviews, you might feel a little bit better about things. But uh, we'll start with uh, piss-poor performance, same shit again, slow, clumsy, disjointed. Not good enough, that appeared three times. Plan what plan? Midfield the problem, keep losing possession, needs midfield zest, mid-table mediocrity, could be worse, a slight improvement, Berahino was decent, one second half, did not quit, onwards and upwards, signs of improvement, slowly getting better, teams getting better, I am drunk in capital letters, so you see how things just gradually picked up towards the end there. All good uh, on that front, and I guess oh. my opening question, based on that, see, there's a bit of contrast in there. There's a bit of light and dark. My question yeah. is, how bad are we really, and have we not just kind of underestimated the championship a little bit, Chris? Yeah. Uh, oh, right, Ben, straight in there. Well, no, I mean, my sort of main thinking for the last day before this podcast is that, yeah, we've come into the championship and we expected to run away with it and it hasn't happened. I think we have to recalibrate a bit and realise that Preston are all right at this level. They're pretty good. Alex Neil might be a bit of a knobhead, um, especially after his post-match comments, but he's done a great job there. They've spent no money and they've got some great players and at times they say they looked half decent. Same, if not more so, for Brentford and then Leeds in terms of good side so so far we have not come up against a bad side I think the big one and is is now Wigan because Wigan at home coming out from League One we have to expect to beat them and if we don't beat them then there will be huge questions but we are going in the right directions we we aren't we aren't sort of struggling to score um, really we're just struggling to stop making silly little mistakes like the goals yesterday it's a penalty. Tom Edwards, that's a lack of experience, the lifting the arm there. And it's, yeah. it's a yeah. handball, fair play, job done, good penalty, whatever, we'll move on. Then the second goal, it's just like a, a pinball literally moves around less than that ball. And just mm-hmm. I don't understand how the luck of it going from their their winger absolutely slicing the ball, finding their other winger completely free on space at the back post. What are the chances of that happening at that point in time? I mean, as a Stoke fan, when the free kick was given, obviously we were all thinking this is going to be a goal and it's going to finish 2-1 and a half. But mm-hmm. I think we we have to take stock a bit and, and realise that, yeah, we're not going to walk over the teams. Yeah, our players are still a bit crap. Um, 
but yeah, there is still a lot of time to change that. Luckily, the championship has got loads of games, and <laughs> I still see us turning it around. Certainly, turn it around enough to actually get a win at some point. That that is the main thing at this point, I think, for Stoke fans because we just want to win more. <laughs> yeah, I. You know what? That was very, very balanced and nice by Ben. That was, and he, you said it succinctly there, Ben. Um, I. I I was more annoyed about the second goal than I was the penalty yesterday, uh, mainly because that is a mistake that we've seen time and time again with this team, and they just switch off um, in defensive situations. Uh, there was a a moment before the penalty as well where um, they they got in on shot, and it was just clearly like I think Joe Allen had not tracked his man, and it, it's things like that that are, that I just the beaten out of this bloody team. Ah, um, but I, I, like, I don't think it was by any means a good performance. But there were there were bits yesterday where it's like, right, I can see where we're going with this now. It's still a massive work in progress, and yes, I think we've probably underestimated the the, the quality of this this division more than anything. Um, but I don't, I don't know, I. I don't think it's uh, through arrogance, at least not on the coaching staff part. They've all come in and said, yeah, people need to realise this division is a good quality league. They need to quickly switch uh, switch themselves into gear because it's a hard division. That being said, Leeds are, are doing really well. Brentford are a good team. Preston, as you found out on the preview show, Dave, uh, a good side who have been you know, overachieving and doing it quite well. Like, I'm in no doubt that they will be in, like, challenging around the playoffs, if not in it. So, yeah, it's been a very, very tough start. I'm fairly confident next week against Wigan, fingers crossed, everything crossed, (laughs) but I'm, like, I'm fairly certain that we can get something against that this Wigan side, and then we can go against Hull and do well against Hull as well. Because we, these we played we three, need it. yeah, we played three good teams, and West Brom aren't that good a team, and they've put seven past QPR. So, <laughs> like, but but I'm not you watching West Brom. You can't tell me, oh yeah, they're an amazing side. They're such a fantastic football inside. No, they've just got a bit of momentum now behind them, and QPR. Are fucking shit Steve McLaren <laughs> strikes again you know like so we've when, got when are we playing QPR I want to play them soon I, I want them to play them before McLaren gets sacked they'll probably get Sam Allardyce in the day before we're due <laughs> to play them or something ridiculous <laughs> like that always happens to us um, this relates uh, what we were talking about to a comment uh, Dom left on our uh, Twitter and he said I don't think we were that bad second half and think we'll get better. Some of the disrespect towards teams like Brentford and Preston is what's making these results worse. People mm. seen people saying Preston are poor. Um, no. And having spoken to both Brentford and Preston fans, this is something they experience a lot. And I think a common hashtag among Preston fans is hashtag teams like Preston. Yeah. which I think may have even been on the board behind Alex Neal during his press conference. I don't know if that's been photoshopped or it's like a, a thing Preston have to, to motivate themselves within the club. But the the phrase teams like Brentford, teams like Preston is something they find opposition fans of like bigger clubs or ex-Premier League clubs saying about them all the time. And that really winds them up and it's a big motivation factor. 
I think Preston are probably the weakest of the three teams we've played, but also mm. we have no divine right to win away from home against them. I think these next two home games are going to be real more acid tests for us. But having said that, and having done the preview show for Wigan Athletic, you know, they've got good players. Nick mm. Powell is a very good player. They finished... Uh, League One was over 90 points I think last season they absolutely walked it Will Grigg obviously on fire etc and they play attacking football they've scored seven in the first three games they really go at teams and I worry about if we go behind to them that we could crumble And but Hull is should be an absolute banker because Hull are in absolute disarray at the moment as a club as a team so yeah, I just, I, I don't want it to be an excuse not to criticise Stoke because I think there were several stages in yesterday's game where we were poor, but there also needs to be a kind of collective mindset change that teams like Preston are actually quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I think this is final and definite proof that ignorance is not bliss. We We went, I think I certainly did, I went into the season... And I don't, I don't blame myself for not knowing about the championship because why would I, why would we care when we're in the Premier League? But like we've come into this division, expected them, expected basically Joe Allen to walk in on a red carpet and suddenly be the best player the world has ever seen. I certainly did, and it turns out that he, that isn't the case. I mean, yeah, Joe, Joe Allen isn't going to solve all the problems, and, and maybe he hasn't had his best start of the season. But there are good players there. That Pearson for. For Preston, I know a lot of people mm, commented on really him from, from, the, from the game. Seemed like just fantastic, was everywhere. Just like a proper a player that you could love. Mm. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know what, what it was about him, but he just put in a great He's, performance. And it, it's the type of thing that I'd love to see in a Soak shirt. From, from where I was sat, albeit at quite a distance, he looked like Joe Allen. Like good Joe yeah. Allen was playing for them. And yeah. we, we'd got Joe Allen's uh, evil doppelganger from but, another dimension. Like, I feel like I feel like we need to like at least in my opinion. Whilst I don't think Joe Allen was was good by any stretch, I do I don't think it was as bad a game as he had against Leeds. One hundred percent no. Like yeah. I think him and Darren Fletcher, for as bad as they they have been, like yesterday, there were there were moments where like I was I was talking I went out with my parents for lunch today and I was saying there was a, there was this moment where both of them worked together and Joe Allen like got a tackle in and Darren Fletcher came away with the ball and I was like oh that, okay I can I can get behind this and then Darren Fletcher passed it to Preston and then <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah so but it was that's the annoying thing and I, I worry about it because why why do they make those mistakes those those easy passes and that's what's going to get fans mm-hmm. on their backs because why are you making such a simple mistake when we and that's why we're struggling so much when we're going forward because yeah. we just can't build up a set of passes so often it's the it's, case where we just lose the ball for no reason it's not even like a case of we just can't pass the ball we're also really bad at winning those second balls like the, the mm-hmm. amount of times yesterday where oh uh, 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 ball went and they they went for a header and they could get it but there's no control of it or it, Preston mm-hmm. were just so much calmer in possession of the ball and winning the ball back everything we did felt hurried and like we got the ball what do we do mm-hmm. panic 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 and so like 
I, you can't you can't build a success on that when when you're struggling and panicking with the ball. Like, like it's all well and good having quick transition, getting the ball forward, but we don't seem to do it with any aim or intent. We just are like, oh fuck, let's just kick it. <laughs> like it's just sheer yeah. panic on our part. And that's and that and that's the issue I have personally with Darren Fletcher because I just listened to some of Rowett's post-match comments on on the Stoke City YouTube channel that is now being populated again. And he basically said Fletcher had a good game, and and I, I and he he said that he brought he brings balance to the side, which is obviously what what everyone has been saying. Like Fletcher, yeah, he might be old and a bit crocked, but he is he does that holding midfield role probably better than anyone else at the club. But when he's doing that. His role in the team is is for Alan to win the ball and for him to pass it, as you say. And, and if he's not doing that passing role, then why is he staying in the side? I I, I worry on, about that. On the on the on the flip side to that, he can't really come out and say, "Oh well, I thought I thought Fletcher was shit." <laughs> like he's got he's got a like no. we're trying to we're trying to build the confidence here, and so you know telling them things that he did well. I'm sure he'll go into bigger feedback in you mm, know mm. post post match and this week, but like. Uh, yeah, I know. I get what you mean because I wasn't overly happy with the performance. Like I wouldn't have said, "Oh yeah, he had a good performance," um, but I suppose it's all it's all trying to build the confidence of players, isn't it? Yeah, um, I think we might revisit Fletcher and Alan later in the episode because I, I want to kind of break down uh, what's going right, what's going wrong, kind of front to back. So uh, yesterday we changed the system up and played. Uh, two up top, Berahino came back for a start, uh, having not, I don't think he was even on the bench the last couple of games, and uh, Benekafobe obviously started again. Um, a couple of questions on uh, the attack, not Barry Warren says, can we sign Lancashire Police? They're better at attacking than anyone in our current squad. But um, <laughs> uh, Dubai Potter says, Woodbauer wide right, Ince wide left, provide more attacking threat. And I suppose the question of attacking threat has uh, reared its head again because uh, we did score two goals yesterday, but it wasn't, you know, it was hardly a massive chances we had. We had Berahino's header first half, but apart from that, there wasn't a great deal. And I don't think either of the strikers played particularly poorly. Uh, it was It's again the question of lack of service for me. Um, mm-hmm. I think the... Cross from McLean to Berahino in, in the early stages of the game was perhaps the only positive contribution McLean made all game. I thought McLean was really, really mm. poor. And I don't think Tom Ince played badly at all, really. I think he was trying to make stuff happen, but he, I don't think he saw enough of the ball. I don't, I don't think he had an impact, really, in the game. That like Whether whether that's because of how his positioning or whatever, I, he, he was pretty anonymous. Um, and maybe that's as you say because he just didn't have the ball. But yeah, I, I I didn't come away thinking, oh, that was a good performance by Ince. I think a lot of the team at the moment are on sixes and sevens for performance every every single week. It, 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 every podcast we've done so far, it seems to be like they were good, but they were they weren't good, but they weren't bad either. Mm. So the Sentinel were absolutely loving life, but we need <laughs> some. We need one of the players to step up and and yeah take hold of a championship game because it's not happening at the moment and the one thing that about Ince that is a positive is I cannot wait for the screamer he is going to score because at some point he is going to score a screamer and it's going to be glorious anyway yeah I'd say um, 
having just watched the highlights back, Tom Ince's major positive contribution. I, I, I agree. I don't think he was good. I, I just don't think he was particularly bad. Like, again, like you say, most players seems to be. Uh, but it, our free kick came from uh, Ince controlling a kind of wayward Peter's clearance, bringing it down and then drawing a foul for for the free kick we eventually scored off. So he is he is getting fouled a lot. I'll give I'll give Tom Ince that. Um, but the question of is front two the way to go? I mean, it's hard because, again, I don't think we created enough chances to really say two is definitely the right thing to do. And I also don't know if those are the right two to start with. But also, I thought Berahino actually played quite well. I think mm-hmm. his, some of his link-up play was decent. Uh, Afobe, again, he was one of those, didn't play poorly. I felt sorry for him in some respects. He was kind of getting the ball lumped up towards him and just getting crowded out. So I don't know how we're going to create the chances necessary. Is it changing the wingers? Is it is it bring Bojan back as a 10? And if you, if you bring Bojan back, who do you drop? So, uh, Chris, solve our attacking problems, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that's the issue with, with Bojan is that I don't think Gary Rowett believes that he will press in the same way that I think Berahino did yesterday. I, I thought it was a, a an, an okay performance from Berahino. Certainly, like I thought it was written in the stars that he'd score, but of course he didn't. Um, I, I don't know, mate. Like I'm, I'm reluctant to put Bauer on the right wing, but I've not been impressed by McLean, McLean yesterday. So. I'd love to see Bojan in the team, but I I don't know. I don't know if we we what we we need the player there who can bring things together. And the one thing you can say about him is that he is able to retain possession in a way that not many others in this team are able to do. So if the aim of the game is to get the ball further up the pitch and hold on to it in the opposition's half, then you would want him in the team. Um, I suppose it's on the on the counter or when we're without possession where I don't know if Gary Rowett believes Bojan's the answer. Um, for me, I don't know. Like, part of me feels like we've looked so threatening when Peter Crouch comes on and that's rubbish because we're not good. It's not like we look good because Peter Crouch is on. It's just somehow... Oh, we're lumping it up long, and now we have a player who's taller than everyone else, so it actually makes a little bit more sense. I don't think we look fluid when Peter Crouch comes on. We just happen to have a little bit more about us. Um, I, After yesterday, I would be reluctant to split up the pairing of Berahino and Afobi, but I... But I don't know how that solves anything else, because the issue is still in midfield. Um you almost have to drop one of them to put a number 10 in or bring in a defensive midfielder. And and I, I don't know. I don't know how you solve it. Yeah. Tell you what, I, I'm not... Go on, sorry. I was just going to say, uh, tell you what yesterday felt like when we were playing four four two, especially when we brought Crouch on and we scored off that uh, Joe Allen set piece. That was the first time I felt like yeah, we're a proper championship side now because <laughs> we just just so kind of limited, but we kind of got results out of it from that kind of one-dimensional uh, approach to things. Um, I was I'm going to bring it onto the midfield in a sec, uh, but Ben, you wanted to mention something. 
I was just thinking how the difference between four four two with with um and Berahino probably isn't too different from a four two three one with Bojan in terms of you've got two players there that are basically there to to uh, to be at the top of the pitch rather so is it that different to bring in a, Ber- a Bojan for a Berahino? I'm not sure, but as you say, Chris Berahino played well. I think the issue for me is probably going to be deeper in the midfield. I think it, we've always said it, it the, the balance just isn't there, and I think that whole that the centre of the pitch is where the issues lie, and it's the, mm-hmm. where the issues lie in the defence is where the issues lie up front. But the the main issue with it all is that there doesn't seem to be a solution. <laughs> so we sign Cuco Martina. <laughs> because I mean, if if you had been radical, you could move us to a three at the back system. And <laughs> whoa, whoa, I know, whoa! But, but I've, just, like, I've just had chilling flashbacks, Chris. I know, no, but say you could you could have a three man defence. You could keep Joe Allen and Fletcher and have whoever you want as wing backs, and then I would be tempted to perhaps have Berahino and a phobia up front with Tom Ince behind them. I don't think that would solve anything, but it would... At least you'd have a player further up then who who creates stuff, but you, he ain't going to do that. He he is no, quite... A, he is a fan of wingers. He's, but we don't, we don't have three centre-backs either, unless you want to sort of convert Tom Edwards into the right-sided centre-back a la Kyle Walker for England. I don't know. Bow and then bow a right wing-back. Jeff, Ca- Jeff Cameron's not gone anywhere yet, Ben. What are you on about? <laughs> Good point. I mean, Gary Rowett has literally tried a different formation in every single game so far, mm-hmm. so who knows? Against Wigan, he might just do that. And he might be going through, like, on Football Manager, just literally every single <laughs> kind of formation just until one works, and then that's the one we stick with. Right, right, that's it, yeah. that's... <laughs> we're, we're, we're playing a Christmas tree formation we're going to play a WM and take <laughs> it back to the 1950s um, so yeah uh, the next kind of stage of the team which we've alluded to earlier is the midfield and so taking it in terms of these first three games we played a three against Leeds of Ndai, Atebo and Allen then against Brentford we played Fletcher and Allen behind Bojan and against Preston we played Fletcher and Allen uh, and from those seven players in the well in, you know some players counted twice from those seven players there has not been a good performance I'd say in any of those games from any midfielder so that's obviously like alarm bells ringing but what <laughs> I think is the real thing our midfield needs to do which is not doing yet is pass the ball forward occasionally <laughs> I mean Joe, Joe Allen has been really poor his second half was okay yesterday but it was literally just okay his first half was poor Three previous two games have been shocking Fletcher again he had okay moments but still not the answer for me we need to bring the ball forward and we need players who can just like see beyond that thing you mentioned, Chris, of that sheer panic of getting the ball. Mm-hmm. So I think Atebo needs to be given a chance in that too. And I would, personally, I would bring him in for Fletcher. I'd give Joe Allen perhaps a final chance he doesn't perhaps deserve. But I'd play Atebo and Allen. That might be 
you might not have that DM, which I know is an issue we're talking about, but let's see if Joe Allen can be that. Let's say, right, literally, Joe, just stay there. Don't get ideas above your station. Let Atebo do the running around, because when you run around, Joe, it frightens us. So stay there, protect the back four, just do simple passes and let Atebo be the guy to carry the ball forward to the attacking players. It's, it's really basic kind of management from me, and this might be exactly why I'm not a football manager, but that's personally what I think. We, we need something <laughs> to change in the midfield, and I don't think we've tried uh, Atebo and Allen as a two yet. So there you go. Completely agree. 100% the thoughts in my head. It's got to be a table. I, I think he was probably the, the pick of the bunch against Leeds. I mean, in a, mm-hmm. in a sort of bunch that was about two weeks old and the flowers were all dead, but he was <laughs> the one that I'd probably still go for. Um, so, yeah, bringing back in. We, we paid good money for a, a player who looked good at a World Cup and he's sitting on our bench in an area of the pitch that we haven't performed at. So why wouldn't you give him another chance? And, again, back, back to Rowett's points, he, he literally said... The old, the old players in our squad might not be able to recover in time for Wednesday. So Darren Fletcher being one of those old players makes it easy. Drop him Good. out. Bring a Sabo in. Win against Wigan 6-0. The season is started it's... and bring back the party bus. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Sam Klukas getting fitness because at least yeah. then that's another option in midfield because it's quite clear that we are not going to... Charlie Adam isn't coming into this team uh, and Jeff Cameron isn't like I think it's clear the players who aren't going to feature aren't even near the squad. In mm-hmm. Gianelli, where are you? Chupo, uh, in, <laughs> Chupo and Dai like they they are nowhere to be seen. They are not in, getting in this squad. Um, you never know. We might see some of them on Wednesday. And oh my God, what if it's the answer? Like we forgot. We've not even mentioned like Imbula or anything in the last yeah. few episodes. We're, we're it's, it's mad. Suto was on the bench yesterday as well, wasn't he? And yeah, yeah, I know. I know we're short at defensive cover, but that was still like, yeah, these guys are not getting in this team. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting which players have been given second chances. Berahino has been given another chance. But guys like Chupo have been cast aside. That there may be perfectly good reasons for that, and not yeah. really aware of. The weird thing uh, about um, Chupo is that McLean has been brought in, and he's sort of exactly the same role I think obviously we sort of skipped over his yeah. position but we've all said he, did, he hasn't played particularly well for Stoke I mean yeah he works hard and he hasn't brought anything other than, than that little expectation of working hard so it seems weird that we've replaced the backup player with another backup player who's now starting um, <laughs> that, that's, that was my mm. single thought moving on what did we make of Tom Edwards's performance moving on to the defence because I was surprised when Bauer was dropped, not because I thought Bauer played particularly well, and I think it probably is fair enough Bauer was dropped based off the first two games, but also you can make the case that uh, maybe not Shawcross because of the defensive issues, but Allen could have been dropped. But Bauer was dropped, and yeah, Tom Edwards came in. There no Martina in the uh, setup. I don't know if the deal went through in in time or not, but uh, what do we, what do we make of young Tommy? He's one of our own. Nice. <laughs> I think for that exact reason I'm very reluctant to let throw lots and lots of criticism at him because he's a young player um, and, and do you know what, I don't think he, he had a, a, a bad game, um, I think the penalty I'm not like, the penalty was just yeah, as you said Ben it was just down to 
experience and or a lack of rather. But no, I, I I thought he was okay. He was good, and it made me think that I I am happy for him to be cover at right back and to come into games like yeah. that. I don't think I don't think he showed himself up. Is what I mean. I don't think I, I'm glad he was. He played decent enough in this game rather than been thrown to the Lions like he was against like <laughs> yeah, City definitely. and all that last season. It's nice to see that Rowett can do that in a position. We haven't had that for so long where we've thought, oh, a youth player is at a level where he could possibly start games. And, and it's nice to see, yeah, as you say, he didn't, he didn't sort of nail that right-back position as his, but I don't think he ever was going to. But He put in a couple of decent crosses, I thought. He looked all right defensively. The problem is the penalty, obviously. Other than that, fair play to him. And hopefully he can pick up a few more starts and, and improve with the, with the side. Um, and while we're talking about the defence, I think Ashley Williams had another good game and yeah. a lot of us are eating our words right now because he's been one of few players who I'd say have been seven or above in mm-hmm. every game he's played. So uh, perfectly pleased with Ashley Williams. Shawcross uh, took a lot of stick at the game itself and I think um, he was... Again, it was it was in the Joe Allen situation of it wasn't his it was probably his best game of the season, but it still wasn't a particularly mm. good game. Um, he, I don't know if he's being told to lump it forward, and this is just Gary Rowett football, some kind of weird Pulis esque system, or if he's genuinely just like panicking and <laughs> doing incredibly basic defending because he's nervous or whatever, but. It just it isn't great to watch, and I am a bit concerned about his fitness. And like there was there was one moment where they played the ball over the top, and watching him turn was just lasting minutes, and it was just oh god, Ryan. Um, <laughs> but again, I, I think I said last week that it's Shawcross isn't a bad play. He hasn't become crap. I just think there is just something missing in his game whether that's the confidence to to read a game like a like a defender of his years does you know like John Terry when he was at Aston Villa he he couldn't run at all but he just read the game really well Ashley Williams again probably really really slow player but just always finds the right moment and I think Shawcross just needs a bit of uh, just maybe just calm down I think Mm. I, th- I think it might be a case of him maybe almost trying too hard and he commits mm-hmm. to things he doesn't need to and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's me giving Shawcross perhaps the benefit of the doubt. If Martins Indy is fit, I would pr- I would probably start Martins Indy alongside Williams based on sheer meritocracy of performance. If you do that, just out of interest, who's vice-captain? This season. Well, Joe Allen, I think is vice captain. He has. Is he? Uh, I, th- I think he is. I don't. I don't know if there's an official vice captain, but I think Joe Allen has been that in the past. Personally, I'd be tempted to give Jack Butland the armband. Yeah. Uh, I think they're the two options, aren't they? I yeah. think I, I. I agree again with. I think Martin's Indy, for me, would come back in over Shawcross at this at this point in time, and I think it's it's always an awkward one when the captain is sort of not performing, especially when it's a player like Shawcross who has been here for so long and, and has done so much for our club. But at this point in time, he's not performing and, and any anyone can see that. Like It's the fact. So 
if he's not performing and he needs a couple of weeks off or a couple of games or a one game off, then let's bring back Bruno Martins Indy because he's a great mm-hmm. defender. I think it's really nice to see Ashley Williams being so comfortable on the ball as the opposite of what Shawcross does. I think he's he's happy to sort of run with it a bit and I think the same for Martins Indy, definitely more so than, than Ryan is. So it'd be nice to see and that would definitely help with a 4-4-2 formation if you've got two centre-backs that can sort of move with the ball and take it a bit further up the field. So, mm. yeah, it's an awkward one, always. It's always going to be. But at this point in time, Ryan's not performing and, and tough decisions have to be made by Gary Rowett. And he, he's shown he's shown that he's able to do that with Bauer, I think. Because Bauer's a, a high earner, yeah. big name for, in the club, and he's willing to drop in for Edwards. And I, I'm, I'm happy to see that kind of thing. Yeah, there's... Uh a few things I, I want to kind of touch upon before we get into uh, listener questions and stuff. Um, and they're all kind of criticisms of Rowett uh, that he may disprove in future weeks, and I really hope he does. But uh, the first of which is the substitutions. I did not particularly care for any of them, to be honest. I know Crouch scored, so I will probably do have to eat my words on that particular change because mm-hmm. he's, made, he's made an important contribution but when he brought a Tebo on for a Fobe with five minutes maybe, maybe ten minutes to go with the score at 2-2 I thought that just smacked of negativity not going for the win and and that leads me on to my second point which I thought our game plan in general was not really that of a team that was going all out for the win I mean even as things as Things like Jack Butland's goal kicks seem to be taking too long for a team that wanted to win the game. And I, I just wonder if settling for a draw, I'm going to use the phrase teams like Did, Preston, but settling for a draw at Preston, is is that something we want to be doing? Because we, is, we do need to get that, that win under our belts, however we, we get it. We do, but did it, I don't know if... I'm, I could have dreamt this, if honest. But did we... Was it not said that when he joined us that Gary Rowett was a manager who wins of wins at home, settle for draws away. Like he's he's that type of, of manager who recognises that oh we can't be always winning on the road. I, I mean I agree with you entirely, Dave. I think that um it was a bit of a, a negative move, even if Tebo is a decent a decent player. Um but I, I don't know. I kind of feel like it's not from from everything we heard. It's not unexpected of Rowan mm. to do this. And and again, like if I'm putting my benefit of the doubt hat on, like a, a loss, conceding a third goal against yeah. Preston would have been would have been awful. Rather than a you fought to get back into this game, you've you've salvaged a point. Well done. Like from I'm looking at it from a morale point of view, like. By all means, I, I fully criticise what I thought were negative substitutions. But on the other hand, it's it's mm. a massive work in progress, and we need that crucial yeah. word there's momentum. A, a, Go on, sorry. There's an easy line on the on the Stoke City match report is the Stoke came from behind twice to earn a deserved yeah. draw rather than a Stoke lost because they because a phobia was still on the pitch. But yeah, I is it hope I think we can hope that he played he brought a table and sort of played for the draw in the end because of the situation that we're currently in where we haven't picked up a win and it would look extremely bad if we had two losses out of three um, so if, if we'd started the season well maybe he would have gone for that extra win because why not we're riding high but 
yeah, who knows? And maybe that's what we should be getting used to, as you say, Chris. Draws away. Hmm. <laughs> that that's that's possibly fair. I just felt it was like one of those games where it was slightly end to end. I think any side could have nicked that third goal, and mm-hmm. I just wanted us to kind of be more proactive. I perfectly accept that you know you you kind of want to hold what you've got, particularly away oh. from home, and it, it, may, it may be that Premier League arrogance of oh it's only Preston kind of thing coming into it, but. Um, yeah, it was just it was just a bit of a shame. It's just like, oh, could you not have at least brought Bojan on and then played him behind the striker kind of thing and whatever. But yeah, what what did you think of that? There was a moment that really annoyed me with Peter Crouch, where he was almost through on goal and it got brought back for a free kick against us because he almost pushed a Preston player out the way. Do you remember? Oh, well, you know the bit I'm on about. Well, yeah, and it was just indicative of a absolutely crap refereeing display that I can't yeah. believe it's taken us 37 <laughs> well, minutes to get on to. We haven't spoken about. <laughs> yeah. Go, oh, go down to the championship, they said. We won't get games moved. Prices will be cheaper. Refs will be better. We were lying Policing. <laughs> so good. Oh, policing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, but yeah, that ref. I mean, I've, Atrocious. I've, I've seen the incident multiple times because it happened so fast at the game that um, yeah, of course. Certainly, where it was, I saw Joe Allen go down, and then I saw like the ensuing kind of uh, argument, and like I thought, Joe Allen is is an honest player in my opinion, and there's no way he's kicking oh. off like this unless he feels something seriously wrong. But having watched it back and the position of the referee, it's unobstructed, it's, it's clear as day. Incredible. And then Alex not, Neil, not a... fucking tosser. What, what what did he say? It was what what goes something. around comes around is his exact wording, I believe. Oh, Be- oh I, sorry, I missed Joe Allen's assault earlier in the game. What was that? <laughs> I missed Incredible. when Joe Allen blooded someone's nose. <laughs> I don't I don't get Gallagher as well. He's Alex Neal also said that he was he was doing it to protect himself. I don't know I don't know what he was protecting at that <laughs> level. Joe as he Allen's ran into Joe Allen's face. <laughs> what? Joe Allen's was- tiny. It's in like I was incensed. I was so angry at that. Just like, why would you do that as a player to another player? I don't. I don't get that mindset. There was no need, and it's the blind. Wouldn't it be refreshing if Alex Neil came out after the game and said, "Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't want to see that." Would it? It just, it just never happened. Anyway. <laughs> it was absolutely pathetic from Gallagher, and it's kind of Mourinho-esque levels of. Oh, I'll just literally say anything right now just to take the heat off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, Alex Neal's comments don't go don't get on the back page of the Sun like Mourinho's do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that that was really disappointing. And the ref, just in general, I thought was uh, too quick to blow up for fouls, and mm-hmm. it was just like it was just a very kind of uh, jobs worthy kind of re- performance from the ref. Just. Try, maybe trying to be noticed for the sky cameras and stuff, but oh god, uh, yeah, that that really really uh, annoyed me. But there you go. Uh, welcome. I wonder to the if there's something in that. I wonder if there's something in referees of the football league. This is Premier League mentality, but referees of the football league when they go on Sky, do they? Is there a sort of change in performance? Do they give out more yellow cards, blow up for more fouls? Someone do the numbers. I wonder if there is perhaps a subconscious thing of uh, maybe they want to be 
be seen to be yeah. be, being an enforcer and a, <laughs> and a proper referee and that mentality comes into it but they also don't want to jump into situations that might might be controversial like give a red card mm. even though it's blatantly obvious card, it's a red oh, card it was so blatant um, so I'd be interested to hear a referee's take on that whether because I think was it Clattenburg who said something like oh the the pressure of that Tottenham Chelsea game you know when Leicester won the league he said mm. comments to the effect of he didn't want to be the guy that gave a red card in that game and I know Preston Stoke is not perhaps quite <laughs> at the same same high drama of that but whether things like games being slight, of a slightly higher profile does impact referees but there you go he could just be a blind idiot um, <laughs> so I w- want to take some positives now before we take some listener questions uh, Chris do you have any positives take away I mean we, we have kind of been generally positive and, and try to uh, not brush a, another quite poor performance under the carpet but I think we've tried to uh appeal for calm and kind of look mm-hmm. at things in a broader context but if you want, want to take any positives out of that Preston game where would you be looking? Um, I would look at the fact that Gary Rowett has shown himself to be proactive in squad selection at least in terms of playing Tom Edwards in that position. I think that Joe Allen is a little bit away from being dropped once we get the likes of Klukas uh, fit and ready um, and I think he's shown that he's willing to to give players the opportunity and try and change the system to, to get things working uh, I think it is a positive that Peter Crouch can come on and still salvage a point for us and can still prove himself to be that super sub Peter Crouch um, and I think it's a positive that We've already scored a bloody fantastic goal with that Eric Peters goal because that was that was going to be my positive. Sorry, uh, <laughs> sorry. Oh Ben, Ben. Uh, since Chris uh, slightly took it from you, why don't you just describe your emotions and feelings when Eric Peters of all people uh, stormed into the box and stuck that in? Oh, oh, Eric Peters left boot. Where did it come from? I was. I was watching in a bar in Manchester. It was glorious. There was all of the screens were Chelsea v Arsenal except for this one <laughs> in the corner. And I was watching it with with my family who were up in Manchester with me. And yeah, my uh, unfortunately my brother and my brother and my dad were at the bar at, at the point it went in. So I just oh. I sort of ran across a big thumb like big thumb big, big thumb. fist <laughs> up in the air, big, <laughs> big thumb up to the screen as I said, "Well done, Eric," and I cheered. And no one else made any noise because they were looking at the other game. But I felt great and, oh, God. And then it was just ruined quite quickly afterwards. But there we go. Um, Great goals. More great goals from random players, please. Are we absolutely sure he didn't mean to cross it? (laughs) (laughs) Let's ask Charlie Adam. What Charlie yeah, yeah. had on Monday Night Football saying he actually meant to pass it to me on the subs bench. <laughs> was he, he wasn't on the subs bench. No, he doesn't even get. He don't even get to play anymore. <laughs> I, yeah, what what does he what does he do now? What what's his what does his he, what is his he job? Sit, he sits and watches Rangers for a living. Uh, and, and like and like texts Stephen Gerrard going, 
Hey, do you remember me from Liverpool? I think I could do a job for your midfield. <laughs> and he texts all the, Luke, the, the youth players at the same time. You're like, you're right, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On my uh, train to Preston yesterday, there were a load of lads going up to watch Liam Gallagher in Manchester. Uh, right. So there was a lot of... And it was the Glasgow to Manchester train I was on, so there was people oh, in bucket hats. They were swigging rosé out of a bottle. A few of them looked like they'd been on the uh, cans very early doors. And so I thought, maybe that is what Charlie Adam is doing now. He's just, uh, <laughs> he's just swigging book fast on trains. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, back to the positives, I agree with you. It was uh, yeah, It's nice to see us score an actual football goal. And one that isn't just pandered to us on a plate. I, I agree that Crouchy scoring his 200th uh, professional goal, that, I believe it is. That's nice. That is very nice. Mm-hmm. And I know he is 150 years old, but fair play, no matter no matter how long <laughs> your career is, uh, they all count. And yeah, um, are, are we a Tony Pulis side now? We basically just Polish. stuck one up to Crouchy and that's how we're getting... Getting the results is—is is this Tony Pulis light uh, at this point in time? I, I think I'd yeah, probably at this point in time when we're struggling. Yeah, it's not as functional as Tony Pulis' side, is it? It's no. not—it doesn't get the job done as we can't much. Defend, but <laughs> so it's, it's just—it's just a bit rubbish. But we'll get there. I—I've got every confidence that we'll get better. Like I—I I, yeah. There are, unlike previous weeks, there are green shoots of of things growing there for me. I love that metaphor. <laughs> it's a brilliant green metaphor. shoots of things growing. Green shoots of growing. Yeah. The hope is the hope is organisation, which we didn't have under Mark Hughes, but did under Pulis, and then a bit of creativity. I think that's what we all that's what we wanted from Rowett, isn't it? From the start, it's just a, a manager that can come in, actually trains the players, but also gives them a bit of freedom to do something nice as well, which we've kind of seen a tiny bit of each, kind of not really, but yeah, hopefully, as you say, the green things they are growing. Yeah. The green things, uh, are, the green. <laughs> If we didn't have an episode <laughs> title already, like the green things are growing, would be would the be what I'd say. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> uh, you are you are such a poet sometimes, Chris, with your words. Thank you. Um, and I, I guess best. <laughs> I guess another positive is that we did show spirit to come back from. Uh, <laughs> oh my from, god. A goal we're, deficit. We're sounding like Brendan Rogers with our widget positives. We're showing great character, great spirit. Like, oh, we're just clinging to these ambient concepts. <laughs> oh, never mind. We're going to beat Wigan. Hey, hey, Brendan Rogers has won titles, mate. Um, I'll, bring, I'll bring us down to earth a bit with uh, two questions from listeners in that. Oh. Uh, Joe asks... Question: Would we be doing better under Paul Lambert? No, no. Okay, moving on. I, uh, they... <laughs> we can. I mean, we can answer it. Like I, I, the the my, my dad sent me a text on similar lines. Like, are we playing any better than we did under Paul Lambert? And whilst, like, I think I think we're we're getting better, uh, but we are still bad. But I think the difference was Paul Lambert had no control over this side, and I think that Gary Rowett comes across as a disciplinarian and someone who is willing to put players in their place. And bloody hell, like 
as we've mentioned, the players who are not in this squad. Like, our squad feels threadbare because we've got a big squad. They're all been told but, off. But they've all They're been all told to go away. With dance hats on. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the thing with Paul Lambert is, you think about the teams that beat us when he was in charge. They're worse than Leeds. 100% worse than Leeds. Like, yeah. come yeah. on. Like, we've had, a, we'd had a tough start. We've been shocked by the standard of the championship. We need to move on from this. And Paul Lambert... I'd love to see Paul Lambert what he'd be doing now because he'd be floundering he'd be all over the place with his collar turned up. I don't know why I suddenly sort of had a, a bit of hatred there for Paul Lambert. I always said he was a nice guy, but yeah, not good enough. Um, we are unbeaten in two games as well, so did that really happen under Paul Lambert? Don't think it did. Um, but uh, a kind of uh, doom-mongering question from David Carr, is there a backup plan if and when we don't go up this season? Uh, I hope so. I hope there's no. some kind of planning going on, but um, liquidation. Uh, <laughs> yay! <laughs> Three cheers for liquidation. Uh, <laughs> Chris, w- what would our plan be? Would it be panic, sell players, and try and just scrap around because that's what a lot of teams do when they don't come back up. Yeah, I kind of feel like we're gambling on going up this season and that's why we've signed players to new deals. I think if we weren't to go up, uh, we would sell players like Joe Allen and Jack Butland and actually maybe that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because it would give someone a chance to bring in new players. I certainly think that there is a sense of loyalty to people who are who have been willing to stick around when maybe we should have just gone for a fresh rebuild. But um, I, I, my, my worry would be if we don't go up, um, I think fans would turn quite nasty because they're already booing at, uh, at a 2-2 draw. So like things would get quite nasty. And, and I think anger would be aimed at the board and that's when you just get dysfunctional clubs. Mm. Yeah, so... I think we just been mainly been appealing for calm this episode, and I've just re- that next week is just so massively important now, isn't it? Because it can shape uh, how intense the reaction gets, either negatively yeah. or if we win the next two, it'll be like, hey, everything's fine. You know, we're starting to win now. We're rocking, uh, uh-huh. kind of thing, and. Two wins, two draws, and a defeat from your opening five isn't terrible at all, really. It's not promotion-winning form yet, but it's it's something to build on, uh, to use a cliche we've heard a lot recently. So I think we'll end things there. Uh, just a, another mention for our Predictor League. Only one person correctly uh, guessed that it was going to be a 2-2 draw yesterday. That was mforbes37 on Twitter. So you're on three points now. Uh, me, you, and Chris, Ben, uh, we are all yet to score a single point. We have yet to yes. correctly ascertain the outcome of a Stoke City game. Despite presenting over 100 episodes of a Stoke City podcast, we don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah. does I didn't realise it had to be exact score. I thought I might have got a point for 1-1. One, one. I guess. Oh, no. Oh, did you say 1-1? One, one? Oh, I'm sorry, I, Ben. I think I did. I'm so I sorry. You have officially scored the first point out of all of us. Um, yes. Well there done, you go. Man. There you go. You're officially the I'm expert winning. on the panel. You you are officially <laughs> Paul Lambert of this podcast. You've got a victory on the board. Go. 
Uh, but leading the Wizards of Dribble predict to lead is at John Wayne UK John Wayne there displaying true grit to uh, top the lead yes Uh, I had to google John Wayne films earlier that was a bit embarrassing but yeah there you go the Duke of the I'm sure he's never heard it before yeah Uh, sorry sorry John Wayne Uh, but yeah well done on being top of the league and to predict some scores and potentially upset John Wayne, you need to use hashtag WADPOD on Twitter. Otherwise, we can't find you. Don't send us tweets with the score prediction because that literally all I do is I sit, search hashtag WADPOD. Any other predictions, I'm not going to find them. So if you predicted 2-2 yesterday and I didn't find you, sorry, it's your own fault. I do explain these in the you, tweets. I, I didn't put it in and you told me off. So yes, so there you, I, go. you know, no one, no one is an exception to the rule. Like, I'm going to do it now. I think you've, it, you, you must use the hashtag Ben. Otherwise, can I get in? Can I do? Can I do two scores in one? And yeah, I'll do Wigan and Hull. Yeah, I, I, I think for midweek games, it's perfectly fair to predict two games at once. It, it might not be your style. You might want to wait to see how the Wigan game yeah. pans out before you predict the whole game. That's a great Entirely point. Entirely up to you. But that's that's what we go with. Use the bloody hashtag. Uh, <laughs> uh, as always, uh, if you want to help support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash wizards of drivel. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. We're doing slightly more bits on Instagram. I went to Preston and took a picture of a screen in a pub. So, you know, get on that. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I did have a nice day in Preston yesterday. Um, some guy recognised me off Twitter, which was deeply Aww. scary. Uh, but um, it was it was quite funny. That same, that same guy was uh, sat, sat watching the game and... It, it was the Newcastle-Cardiff game earlier and uh, Newcastle got a last-minute penalty and he stood up and basically announced, I've had 10 quid on Newcastle at 12 to 1. Come on. <laughs> now, oh, the no. thing about betting is it's best as a spectator sport, I think. Because when this is you, it's horrible, but to watch, it's really funny. Sure enough, penalty saved oh. and everyone goes, way Oh... When the fun stops, stop. Betting is evil, apart from Bet365. That's why we should stop now. Um, (laughs) So yeah, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that jazz. Uh, Chris, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Dave. Thank you very much, Ben. Thank you, as always. We're all off for a smoke at half-time. See you later. Go on, Stoke. (laughs) 